tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day eight into the Month of Monsters Scooby-Doo podcast. I am watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for an entire month for reasons that escape me, and I'm having different guests on every episode to talk about it as I slowly lose my mind, and we have some very special guests today, Paige and Sarah from the is it from the princess or you are the princess in the scrivener maybe we're of the princess of. in the scrivener i like I that guess. better we, we we'll talk, talk about that a little bit yeah. uh so uh i'm sarah and i'm the aspect of the channel that's the scrivener uh and my best friend Paige is the princess and Hi. uh <laughs> Yay! We have been making uh, videos analyzing Disney and other pop culture pieces like movies and television shows um, for the last four years. Uh, So basically, we're just two by best friend Disney nerds analyzing movies and stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And so my first question then is, have either of you seen this movie before I asked you to be on this podcast. I had not. I had okay. seen the first one, you know, yes. countless times as a child, but this was the first time I'd ever seen Monsters Unleashed. I thought that I hadn't, and then I watched it again and realized I have memories of this. <laughs> and there were several scenes in particular uh, that I was like, yeah. I remember this. Like, we could talk about it later, but the scene with the reporter where, you know, his words get twisted out of context. I'm like, I yeah. have definitely yeah. seen that because that scene has stayed with me forever. <laughs> yeah. So, it's you weird. Know, that, that explains a lot about how we run the channel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, the the little bits that that stick with people because mm-hmm. there are I'm as I'm watching this movie constantly, um, there are like bits and pieces that I'm starting to pick up on, but there's a ton of stuff that like can I, I just remember from my childhood. Like there's one line where uh, Shaggy say, says something like "We're gonna die," and Daphne's like "Think." Positively, he's like, "We're gonna die quickly," and I just Shaggy remember. had a bunch of really funny lines. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I loved it. You can definitely hear a lot of the James Gunn humor in here. Oh yeah, yeah, the like early two thousands James Gunn humor. Mm-hmm. It's some is better than others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did really yeah. like. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're talking about shaggy quotes, so yeah, I really go for it. The the one like they're in the mystery ink van, and Shaggy's like, is it okay, the massive this is- agony? No, he's like, okay, this is tied for the freakiest day of my life. And Velma, yeah, Velma asks him, tied for what? And he's like, every other freaking day of my life. Like That that was the one that stood out for me. That was hysterical. I I love that line so much that that line opens every single episode of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. uh, Yeah. It also just, it's uh, relevant to the fact that I am watching this movie constantly. Yeah. It was a perfect fit. Yeah. What made you decide? Like, are you literally watching this movie every <laughs> single day? Is it necessary? <laughs> Why? Like, day eight. I think you're the first person to ask that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, everyone else just kind of accepted it. And they're just like, yeah, okay. Why not? Maybe um, it's just because, like, I've just met you a couple months ago. Yeah. And it just true. seems like, why would a rational human being do this? I'm, yeah, that's talk, a, talk to me about that. <laughs> okay, so it started last year, kind of as uh, as a joke, and I don't. Re- and I was trying to think about this, and I don't re- even remember how the joke got started. But last year, around the end of September, I just made a tweet where I said that I would do this, where I would watch Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed every day for an entire month. But I didn't end up doing it last year. But I just always remembered it. I remembered that idea. And so when it's when it started to roll around, when October started coming around this year, I was like, man, I should do this. But I don't know why. I don't remember how it got started. I just thought it was a funny thing. And uh, hopefully people like it. We have a, we have a few people who are doing it with me on, uh, on Twitter who are 
constantly tweeting about it as well, which is very fun. I don't ask people to to also watch it every day, <laughs> okay. but it's nice <laughs> to know that I'm devoted, not alone. You yeah. have some devoted fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and you know people seem to like this the the podcast, which is exciting. I like doing it because I like talking to to people, and it's it's a fun experience of getting to uh, to you know form friendships over the lo- the love or hatred of this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are people on both very far ends. Yeah. I yes, I <laughs> any given day I could be on either end of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it will only I feel like there's going to be a point halfway through this month where I am going to be um I'm going to slip into the far end of I hate this so much. I hate this so much. <laughs> but then by the end of it, I think I think my mind will just transcend Scooby Doo Two Monsters <laughs> yeah. Unleashed, and I'll just be like, "It's the perfect film. It's go. flawless. Yeah. And I love it." I'm so fascinated to watch this unfold. Yeah, from from like a psychological perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the slipping into the "I hate it" is because you would have been watching it so many times, or because it's not. Yeah, nope. not, not it's yeah, your brain exactly. reacting. It, it's your brain's coping mechanism. Yeah, which yeah. yeah. Uh well, we'll see. We'll see how that happens. I will say oh, it's, it's certainly not the worst movie we've ever watched for oh, the internet. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I texted Paige about this when because I, I just started watching it this morning. Like we, mm. like I only finished it at about like half an hour before we started recording and um huh i texted Paige, and i'm like is it bad and she's like yes it bad yeah. <laughs> uh it's not last airbender bad but it's not no. good you know it's not even wicker man bad it's, it's not, not wicker not man bad <laughs> um it it's fascinating that there's like all these such wildly different bad movies so like i would still probably categorize the worst movie we've ever watched for our channel because we have this series called the pns watch series where we do a kind of mystery science theater 3000 um Mm -hmm. drunk disney style running commentary on a movie and the last airbender was one of the first ones we ever did and it is so bad scott i don't know if you've ever watched that movie (laughs) oh i watched it in theaters yes no why (laughs) Because I was a fan of the series. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, yeah, I have to go watch this. And I watched it with my brother, and we were both huge fans of, of, of the series. And uh, it was, Same. We, we were we were like kids, and our parents just wanted us out of the house. So they were just like, <laughs> we'll, we will pay for you to go watch a movie. And we're like, well, hey, Last Airbender's playing. So we went and watched it. And just I just remember us walking out of the theater, just looking at each other like, wow, that was garbage. <laughs> that was actual garbage. Yeah. I didn't even get into the series until I met Sarah in college, and so I didn't see the movie until we watched it for the sh- the channel. Mm-hmm. And um, as an adult watching that, I'm really glad that I didn't see it as a kid because <laughs> that's just it's probably the worst movie I've ever seen ever. Yeah, it, it's oh. terrible. Their special I, effects budget was clearly decent, but. Yeah. I don't know if they hired the people to make it look good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they don't use it enough. The special effects in this movie were like better than the last yeah. Airbender. I, there were some. I've been saying this. The the ten thousand volt ghost like looks really good. Like yeah. I think it stands up. It holds up over the the test of time. I think probably because some of the some of the effects just look like you know they were designed to kind of look the way they are. I know that sounds yeah. really dumb, but. It's kind of like when I go back and watch 1980, uh, is it two or three Tron? Like the original Tron. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff, like with the MCP and the world inside of the computer, like looks, hasn't aged really because I think it's supposed to be stylized. So it can't age, even though the computer graphics at the time were very revolutionary, but now they're very basic. Um, but there were a lot of the design elements in this movie that reminded me of that, where it doesn't seem like it's going to age because it looks exactly how it wants to look. It's not trying yeah. to be super realistic looking. And that was impressive. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of heart in this movie. Yeah. None of the actors are joking around. They're all taking it very seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're having a great time. 
Oh yeah, I just M- Matthew Lillard to me like he gave it like three thousand percent every yeah. every scene that he was in. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna. They were just like, all right, all you have to do is stand here and deliver this line. He's like, oh, you want me to like go crazy and wave my <laughs> arms around and deliver this line? You got it. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, didn't he talk about how like physically taxing talking like Shaggy was for him? Oh, because probably. it was like a whole. It was a whole, like, exercise he had to do for it. I'm, I'm pulling this out of memories yeah. from, like, when I was eight or something. But So I, I remember two in interviews that he did mm-hmm. uh, years ago. The first one, he, he talked about how, like, he, um, he would listen to Casey Kasem, who is the original voice of Shaggy, and he would, like, take old Scooby-Doo episodes and just cut it down to the Shaggy parts, and he would listen to that for, like, hours before he would... Uh, be on set just to try and get the vocal uh tone just right um and then he would he would do another interview where he would try to teach people how to do it and he was like you have to find like the middle range of like your voice cracking so it'd be like kind of like in here i don't know like you know Ugh. something like that and uh but nowadays he is the voice of shaggy in in cartoons in modern cartoons um but he's talked about how he's like yeah i kind of just had to slip into a lazier version of it because it was it's just easier yeah. for yeah, I bet it's, know, it's taxing. taxing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's fun to see that he's you know he went from the the live action role to now he's just he is Shaggy in the cartoons, which yeah. is really really neat. Can can we talk about uh, Velma for a sec? Oh, Velma. Yes. Okay, oh, Linda yes, Cardellini. Please. Well, <laughs> so here's the weird thing: throughout the first couple minutes i'm like i know this voice this voice is so familiar and my girlfriend who watched it with me was just like well she's um she plays hawkeye's wife in in, Age of Ultron, Ultron. and i'm like oh that's definitely not where i know her from and i i'm like (laughs) scrolling through her thing and first of all she's wendy from gravity falls yeah which had no idea i could hear it a little bit but i realized that it's not because i know her from anything it's because she sounds just like kate mccucci who okay who As does Velma, like, i can see that yeah like, and, it's yes. the same voice it's so bizarre you know what's really interesting about that is kate mccucci does velma in the modern scooby-doo oh okay. yes and they there was a, a series called mystery inc um which wrapped a couple years ago but they had another character that was like the character was called hot dog water um mm. because because that's just it was like a nickname that everyone gave her because she just smelled that way i guess it was they're all high school students they're cruel but anyway <laughs> that character was also played by linda cardellini okay and, and hmm. so and and would interact with velma constantly on that show and i just thought it was like weird to be like here's a velma and here's a velma but it's not <laughs> velma and it's uh it's yeah. just i don't know it's fun to see how these these actors just keep there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of Linda Cardellini. I'm not particularly a fan of her as Hawkeye's wife, but that's neither here nor there. Paige um, loves Hawkeye I, and the original character in the comic books. It's oh, just, yeah? it's a whole thing. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I watched this, the first movie, the first Scooby-Doo movie, like as a kid a lot. And then I grew up and watched Freaks and Geeks a couple years ago. And I was like, I know her yeah. face. I know her voice. It's because it was Velma. She was Velma to me. Yep. And she's like the main character on Freaks and Geeks, which I really like. Uh, I just like her a lot. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. I, I think she was, I think aside from Matthew Lillard and his like physicality, like she was absolutely like the best casting choice in this movie yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But Sarah Michelle Geller as Velma. I mean Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. God, dang it. <laughs> so do, were Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. married before or after they played Daphne and Freddie? Ooh. I, th- I I need to look up the history on this, but yeah. I think it was I I th- I it might have been between the Scooby Doo movies. Okay. Uh I, I don't know. But yeah, it was Definitely because they they met and kind of fell in love doing these movies, which is fun. That's, oh. that, that is ridiculous and adorable <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's adorable. We got married because we were in Scooby-Doo together. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines is uh, talkings for wimps. It's, yeah. it's, it's such a good line. It's so good. 
Uh, what's I, I've been trying to wrap my head around Fred's whole arc in this movie because it like come, that whole that line comes out of yeah exactly right so like that line comes out of nowhere I feel like like forty minutes into the movie and Daphne's like do you want to talk about it talking's for wimps it's, it's time for action or something like that and it's like what, where was the it's it, that's totally different from his personality and the rest of the yeah. movie beforehand yeah and I, like I noticed that like throughout the movie the writing is much kinder to the female characters than the male characters especially Fred who just kind of he's there he like pretends constantly screws up yeah he's like supposed to be the leader but like I honestly didn't care about him Daphne is clearly the alpha thank you I've been saying this for days now (laughs) like like remember how the the reporter Heather Jasper Howe was like what do you do on the team Fred's the leader Velma's the smart one and it's like all of is the- he though? She's is not. he? Daphne and- is all of those things that she yes. like lifts off, lifts off for other people, but like Daphne is the culmination of those things. She yeah. helps out everyone else on the team in different capacities. Like she's the one trying to keep Fred from talking to the press and everything, and yeah. she's mm. fighting the Black Knight ghost like yeah. in combat. Like she and she's helping Velma out with her personal problem. Like Daphne is the actual true leader of yeah. this team. Yeah, and I-, I wonder if that was because. So this movie came out in 2004, but of course, I don't know when the other one came out. Um, Before that. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. Oh, yeah. 2002. <laughs> okay, so uh, her and Freddie Prince Jr. have been married since 2002. Okay. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so it was pr- pretty much between the two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I wonder how much of Daphne's role, especially like the combat, was influenced by Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I feel like it had to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it's such sense. an odd route for the character to go otherwise. When yeah, before- and she's like fighting in her like stiletto heels and like her mm-hmm. pink uh, pants and stuff. So like, you know, that calls Buffy to mind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and it's I, I think that is that carried over to the cartoons. I think after these movies, because mm-hmm. uh, the first one they introduced that concept where she's tired of always being the, the damsel in distress. So she learns, she becomes a black belt or something. And, uh, and then that carries over to the second movie where she's super good at fighting still. And then that goes into the, all the cartoons that were released after these movies, they, they kind of make a point to, to say that Daphne is like a skilled warrior of, some kind it rarely ever comes up like she doesn't fight ghosts as much as she does in these movies but it's just like a little side thing where they're like oh yeah and also daphne is like a master of like krav maga all right (laughs) (sighs) she was kind of i mean i don't know where i'm going with this except just repeating what we said earlier of just like every opportunity where they could be in serious trouble otherwise daphne is just there Definitely Helping the one getting them out. Yeah. Like she gets them out of the cage, which I thought was hilarious because we see, of course, the punchline with like the um the the traveling missionaries, whatever they oh, yeah, whatever yeah. they're called. Um and and the Girl Scout stand in and mm-hmm. she gets them out and we never see them again. And I'm like, yeah. so neither of them asked to be let out of their own cages. They no, just they left escaped. them. Oh, they did they? With them. Yeah, did yeah. I just miss that? I guess. Uh, it was very, it, it was like it just cut to the next scene after they got out and like uh, the Girl Scout had sold Shaggy and Scooby some cookies, but it was like they oh, were just leaving. Like they were hundreds leaving. of dollars of worth yeah, of cookies or it something. Was, it was I clearly <laughs> forgot about that as soon as I watched it. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. There's there's so much that I I'm picking up on as I continue to watch it. Like <laughs> there's I don't know if you noticed, but there's this mysterious case of the product placement, the KFC product placement. Oh, that is, are you going to talk about the fact that the subtitles one time said Burger King, even said though Burger Shaggy King. says Definitely KFC? Because yes. I had that in my notes. <laughs> yes, and like and ever since. Uh, that was brought to my attention. I've been trying to take note of like, maybe they were intentionally supposed to be Burger King first. And in fact, when in the first uh, scene, when like they're all getting out at the museum opening and Scooby is sipping down that like KFC milkshake, that you know, that, you know, KFC is known for um, (laughs) when he throws it at the, the chauffeur guy, um, 
the the cup changes from like KFC beforehand to Burger King, but no. it's so it's so blurry that they just they were just like, ah, no one will notice. But if you're like me and you're watching this movie frame by frame, <laughs> wow. it is clearly a Burger King cup. And they went back in like post and tried to fix it so that it said KFC in the shot before. But just yeah. think of the research you'll conduct by the end of this project. I mean, maybe you'll you'll do an un, like a uncovering. Maybe yeah. it's a conspiracy, Scott. I would love to chat with anyone who is in charge of like that department and be like, what was happening? That's the real mystery of this movie. Please let me unmask it. (laughs) I, what I thought was fascinating about this was uh, since it was made in 2004, you see the 30 year cycle come into play as far as how much seventies fashion and iconography is in it. Yeah. But it's it's only with the mystery ink. Dang, like nobody, like everybody else looks like early 2000s, but not But then we go, we go to the, um, you know, this uh, pub place. Right, yeah. With the villains that, where they hang out because that's a thing (laughs) that you do, I guess, you know. It's like, it's like most of of them are wearing, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) And most of them are wearing like kind of 70s-ish clothes as well. And they have a big funk number and you have like. You have a hip hop R and B British group who's playing like that. The band in that scene is like a legit hip hop R and B thing, which I would not have known if I had been watching it with my music obsessed girlfriend and very well known, <laughs> like knowledgeable music girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I can't remember everything about that except just that like they they mention it in one of their lyrics that like they're a UK hip hop band. And I'm like, okay, which I only oh, knew because they had the subtitles on. Oh, it was mentioned in the lyrics? Yeah. Oh, like they mentioned coming over from the UK to the US. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> it was a secret backdoor pilot for that, for them to get their own movie as the sequel. They were just I would watch that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I liked oh, the songs. But that was yeah. very 70s, like, and, and you're right. I mean, the Mystery Gang is mostly the one who is doing a lot of the 70s stuff. But even still, there's a lot of other kind of 70s looks in it. And I I have to think it's also because, you know, of Austin Powers, but ultimately the 30-year yeah. cycle. Yeah, and it, it could also just be like, yeah, an homage to the original Scooby-Doo uh, cartoons taking place kind yeah. of in that time period. In which case, well. it was the perfect time to make a live action movie for it because people yeah. were interested in seeing that stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's, but the weirdest thing to me is that the Mystery Ink gang seems to have their own clothing line as well. Yeah. Like, everything is labeled with Mystery Ink. And like, the thing that kills me is when Daphne is just wearing a shirt with her with face, her face on, it, on it. And it just says Daphne. <laughs> I noticed that too, and I'm like, I are we gonna get a closer shot of that? Because I was like, that surely can't be her face. It'd be funny if she's wearing a Buffy the Vampire shirt, oh, but it wasn't. Good. <laughs> and I was disappointed, but I'm glad to know that it was just her face. Yep, just Daphne wearing a shirt with her face on it. Good stuff. It no makes thing. me wonder if like those clothes were available in the real world to buy, and it was just more like. Hey, everyone. Yeah, like, hey, everyone, if you want this, it's available (laughs) at, you know, Target or something. I don't know. Or KFC, probably. That's the only (laughs) one that they could. (laughs) Did you guys watch all the way to the end? Yeah. Oh, of course. To the the Game Boy advance code? Yeah. It was... Why Netflix has kept that, I don't (laughs) quite know. I mean, do people still use Game Boy Advance? I don't know. I'm sure mine's still at my parents' house somewhere. It was <laughs> my how, first Nintendo. You know. How else would you get the super secret code that nobody could possibly guess? I know. SD2. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I love that. I That's such a little, like, yeah. There are bits of this movie that are just a, like a little time capsule that mm-hmm. are really fun. Oh, man. So I'm trying to think of all the different, uh, let's see, the different kind of like queer moments. Yes, the queer please overtones talk about this. or undertones. I don't know. Is it undertones or overtones in this case? Because there was some pr- there was some stuff that was pretty gay. 
I mean, me. given the time that it was written and who it was written by, I'm going to say they're undertones because they're probably not intentional at all. Mm, that's so, so disappointing. Yeah. Because you literally have a scene where, like, Velma is crawling around on the floor. And yeah. And Daphne and gets, Daphne like, does it two her. inches away from, like, from, like, yeah. their faces squishing together. Yeah. And intimacy. and she's talking about intimacy. Yeah. And I'm like, this is gay. This is gay, 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 gay. <laughs> I loved it. Velma's so clearly gay, and Seth Green is there as Oh, yeah. Speaking of Velma and gay, like, her little fan club, they're all in love with her. Yes. Like, like literally in love with her. That immediately, I was like, wow, Velma's fan club, they're all lesbians. That's Mm -hmm. great. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have the the weird, like, two-person Daphne fan club who have just tattooed her. On their yeah. chest. And I'm like, that seems unrealistic that she wouldn't also have a horde of women she, who are just she absolutely two, in love with her. Yeah. She Most had unrealistic part girls. of the movie. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah, the true. Girls, yeah. The, the, t- the twins, who mm, I thought yeah. were going to come back because they were so well-dressed. <laughs> and they did yeah. not. It, literally every, almost everyone from that opening thing came back in the end. Like when they're yeah. unmasking the villain, like you can see them all, like even the two guys who had like the tattoos on their chest, mm-hmm. like they all just came back for some reason. 20 people live in Coolsville, yeah. apparently, or Coolstopia. Cooltropolis. There's like new Coolsville and old Coolsville. Mm. That's what they like go to old Coolsville for something, I think. You know. I had this moment where um, Alicia Silverstone's character shows up, mm-hmm. and I was certain that it was the woman who plays Jules on the show Psych. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they look exactly the same. But it's not. It's Alicia <laughs> no, Silverstone. It's Cher Horowitz. I know. <laughs> as soon as I looked her up, I was like, what else have I seen her in? Because I haven't seen a ton of 90s movies. Um mm-hmm. And I saw that she was in Clueless. I'm like, Paige is going to kill me. <laughs> Paige is going to be so disappointed oh, that I didn't immediately know no, that it was Cher. No, that's fine. <laughs> she, I she knew. Also played, she played Batgirl in Batman and Robin. Oh, oh yes. How yeah. could we forget that? You know, the classic role. The you know. movie that everyone loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's in that one Aerosmith video, too, with Liv Tyler. That's a, yeah. Oh, man. That, the... The 90s was a time. Living it up. Yeah. I love it. Because <laughs> there was also, I mean, speaking of like, um, like that ending too, like the thing that, that there's like when, when she's unmasked to also be Jonathan Jacobo mm-hmm. and then like they're being taken away and Ned is like, you were a dude this whole time. Yeah. But we cuddled. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ugh. Ned. Not a great joke. I mean, no. There's also, I mean, so there's that scene, I guess, in the first movie where, like, Mm. Scooby does drag, and then you have this really weird one in this one, and it's Mm. just, it's not great. It's also really unnecessary, and it's transphobic in the way that, like, the joke is only funny if you make trans people the butt of the joke. Yeah, right. like when Shaggy accidentally, quote-unquote, accidentally turns himself into a woman for about 15 mm-hmm. to 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. That that was like, I was cringing at that. For yeah, it was also, it was also just really weird because I don't think the imaging was no, quite no. matching up. The face tracking on top no. of it no. was just, yeah. Ugh. It's like, you, you really wanted to make this joke that badly, even though it, it also just looks bad. It mm, it's not well, great. That's, that's what I find so bizarre about this movie is that it seemed like they were very like the script was very ambitious with all the visuals that they really wanted to do. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. they have a monster that's just a tar monster and there's no way to do that practically that they could think of. So they had to create this fully CGI tar monster and that was that was like to me the least convincing monster of the whole lot of them because yeah. even even like the pterodactyl ghost was like fully CGI but it looked fine but to me the tar monster was like oh it just looks bad every scene that it's in it just looks bad to yeah. me it's like the eyes it's the yeah. eyes that seem so weird I thought the tar yeah. was okay yeah it's not the best effect uh, no. I, I still think the Electro Monster is probably the best one. Yeah. But I 
I was very, very impressed throughout with like the different set pieces and the atmosphere and the different environments. All yeah. of that stuff was really good. Like the sets were amazing. They, they were, were so good. Like the thing where they get uh, thrown into the trap door and put in that like wire cage and roll down this roller coaster type rat. Yeah. Like rack? I don't know what it's called. Ramp. Yeah. Track. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I was really interested in that because yeah, there's that, all these little touches of like, wow, that's a really interesting set piece. And the obviously. Sets are, yeah. yeah. The sets are so good. Like that whole mansion, the Wickles mansion is like yeah. so beautiful. It's it like, it feels like it stepped out of a cartoon with the color palette being so mm-hmm. uh, vibrant and like the design of it all kind of looking archaic and fun. And yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you also even have like this rundown shack in the woods where Fred's like, God, I can't believe we have to stay here again. And I'm like, yeah. are you serious? <laughs> like, you didn't move any of this stuff out when you moved, apparently, because all of it's still here. Yeah. And it looks great. It's <laughs> yeah. it's bigger than my apartment. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been... Tr- Maybe I'm reading too much into that, that whole scene, but, like, when Fred and Daphne enter... They like Fred does so so aggressively and so angrily that I feel like there had to have been a different take or like another scene prior because previously where they had a real fight where yeah where they had a real fight because they enter like angry mm-hmm. um, but the only thing that happened previous was Fred was like talking's for wimps mm-hmm. let's get to work and it seemed more mopey than angry mm-hmm. and so but then he just enters with like this grand like. I'm Fred and I'm here and I'm mad. Uh, I can't believe we have to be here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Poor Fred just being forgotten by the writing. (laughs) He just, yeah. He, you know, this whole movie, the big arc with Shaggy and Scooby is that they're the screw-ups. But I feel like Fred is the true screw-up of the the whole group. That that would have been his arc, I think. Oh, man. This movie. I love (laughs) it. I loved that Velma's arc was that she just needs to let Seth Green enter her heart. And I'm like, I don't... That's right. No. It's a lesson that we all should learn, mm. I think. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> he was very sweet, even if he was suspicious in this movie. Despite the fact that he was not the villain, he was mm. still suspicious. He was still creepy in and- parts. Yeah. And it's and never it, explained. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's never explained. Like there By the end of it, like he's he's about to explain it. And then Velma's like, I trust you. Because that was her whole lesson was that she needed to trust in things other than logic, I guess. She was like, my, my, I only trust in the facts and logic. And he's like, what does your heart say? <laughs> and so by the end of it. He's about to explain all of the facts and all of the logic. And she's like, no. And she stops him. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know. I did too. It's been bothering me. And it will continue to bother. I have to, cons- I have to make up my own like headcanon and theories about like what it is. Because like, I, I agree. I think that he looks very similar to Jacobo, the pterodactyl yeah. ghost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they may have been related. My but, thought uh, was that, you know, it's... It, it's kind of like a Sky High thing where, where Will thinks, oh, I guess spoilers for Sky High, um, <laughs> where Will thinks that uh, she's Royal Payne's daughter. Uh, that's oh, what yeah. I thought. I thought that like he was going to be the son of Jacobo because I'm like, we saw him die. How did he survive? Yeah. No, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because, mm. like, there's even that whole shrine for Jacobo. Yeah. And, like, why would Jacobo have his own shrine to himself? <laughs> it I doesn't... Don't quite... It, it's setting it up to be a red herring, but it's just, like, yes. if we just throw the red herrings out, we don't actually have to catch them. It's, it's just, like, fine. too many, too too much setup for the red herring. Too much. <laughs> too many. Because so there's another little detail about that shrine too, where they find the newspaper clipping with Jacobo as the museum's being built, and they're and they're talking about how like you know this proves that he survived to this day and he adapted like, the Heather Jasper Howe persona. But earlier in the movie, they talk about how the museum took only two years to construct, and th- the building was already there and in that photo, and he was still Jacobo. So 
probably with like under a year, he was able to create the Heather Jasper Howe persona and work, work their way up to being like such a high ranking reporter that they have their own TV show in like under a year somehow. (laughs) I think you're thinking, I think you're giving this too much credit. I'm trying to break the timeline down of this movie. (laughs) I will say that when we think about it, because I had honestly forgotten that, you know, Alicia Silverstone wasn't an actual character, that it was a persona. Like that's also not a fun thing if you start to unravel a little little bit more as well. Like uh, what that he's disguised as a woman. Yeah, and then he has been for like a year and it's just Yeah. It's weird. I don't uh, I don't ever want to see Alicia Silverstone's face pulled off of her body again. Like that. (laughs) That I can live without that. No, it's it's not my favorite. Every time they they do something because they they did a similar thing in the first movie where they unmasked um the the villain Mondavarius. They unmasked his face, but it was a robot. But that looked way better than in this movie. I think yeah. by the end of the movie, they're like, we are way out of budget, so we just gotta <laughs> like put the face on and rip it off. Yeah. I still can't get over that. But we cuddled. And I'm like, so what? You cuddled with... So what? So what? <laughs> so what? It was such an unnecessary joke. Yeah. Like, the bad guy already has lost and... <sighs> God. Yeah. I wish Ned was established a little bit better, too. Because yeah. he was just kind yeah, of we, there. We don't even, like, know his name until the end of the movie. Well, we yeah. hear we hear she, her shout it several times. Yeah, oh, she shouts it a few times, but like, yeah, he was never quite established as a. He didn't. I don't even think he got any speaking lines until he said the "we cuddled" line. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't. And he's the only like not white guy in this movie that has a line. I think, yeah. Yeah. except for like, you know, the band in yeah. the nightclub. True nightclub in the bar. <laughs> yeah. The faux ghosts. Yes. Mm. I'm so glad that you remember the name of this bar because it's like the third it's, time you've said it. <laughs> I just don't remember what it's called. You know. It's hard not to remember the details when oh I'm Oh my god, the faux ghosts because they're all fake monsters. Oh my That's, god. You got it. You nailed it. Oh my god. Oh, there you go. I'm going to shut up for the rest of this no. episode now. Oh, goodness. Actually, no, I can't. There's a, something I have to complain about. So, Please okay. do. Let it all out. All right, Ben Wyatt. I hear you over there. Shut up. So there's that part where they're they're in the lair. There are so many of these places, it's hard to just describe them. They're just, when they're in the treehouse, when they're in their 70s mod headquarters, when they're... Yes. So when they're in the lair... Yes, and the, Velma, I believe. Do, do you mean the the like where they're making the monsters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I believe that that monster location nest. is called the monster hut for some reason. Hive. That's what they refer to it. It was as. the hive. They called it the hive, didn't they? they called it the hive. Maybe. I think so. Maybe. Maybe or at I, least yeah. that's what they called. Like they, they they said the word hive a lot. I like that better. Let's go with that. Okay. okay. So they're there. And Velma looks up at something over an entryway, and it's like a bunch of different symbols, and it's not Mm -hmm. English, and she just translates it and reads it, and it happens to rhyme in English, and I'm like, why didn't you just put it in English? Why is it in another language? I was having this conversation, I can't even remember who, but like, why, why was it even there to begin with? Yes! Like, were you expect? like, was it just the, you know, when Jacobo was designing that place, he's like, you know, I really, I should be spending this time and effort to just craft more monsters, but I got to spend a couple days doing this real quick. I got to mm-hmm. establish, when people walk through this door, they need to have a tone established, you know? I, especially because... Is anybody besides Velma going to be able to understand it? Because if it had been written in English, we wouldn't have needed her to read it for us. We could have just seen it. But no, can't make it easy. Nope. I just, yeah. And like, was he, because if Jacobo was designed that door with the symbols, then 
was that who was that for just just himself was he expecting other people to show up and and be able to understand it and read it and well if he has a shrine for himself then i think he like expects that somebody is going to come looking for him or something like that like somebody is going to be interested in what he's got that's what he is expecting to happen at some point (laughs) that's a great point and i really need to learn to stop questioning the theatrics of villains who dress up as monsters i mean i don't know if we can i I mean i don't know if it's that believable that jacobo is just that narcissistic you know I mean, yeah. where is that set up in his character? We learn one thing about him at the beginning, yeah. and it's that he's dead. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they do the work for it, for how yeah. like dramatic his lair is. Mm-mm. All we all we know about him is that, yeah, he, he became a pterodactyl ghost to try and steal money to research how to create real monsters. But, like, what was his end game there? Just, like, monsters exist, I win. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still would have been a lot more interested if if it had turned out just that, like, Alicia Silverstone was just doing it so that, you know, she could, like, advance her career. I would have been a lot more interested in that. That would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And then we could have avoided that. Like, then we could have avoided that transphobic thing. Yeah, they went for the evil mad scientist trope, and it. I don't think they, like, really? like it's reached always it. always the mad scientist trope. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it was, like, layers and layers of red herrings, and then it was actually the one you thought all along. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it was, like, the very first culprit. They were just like, who I bet else it's that could- guy. Who else could do it? Well, probably the original pterodactyl ghost, right? No. Two, like, an hour and a half later. That's yes. too easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I needed more... I needed to understand... I don't know. This is my problem with, like, villains a lot of times in, in movies and stories is I, I tend to overthink or just not really relate to what their end game is because, like... People will tell me all the time, it's like, no, it's just, they, they're they evil and they want to be evil. It's like, okay, but like, practically, what does that get? Yeah. Like, what does that do? So I'm like, I'm watching this movie and I keep wondering, like, his goal is just to create real monsters. And then I guess. <laughs> but why? Yeah, but yeah. why? And then like, so then he does the, the, he adopts the Heather Jasper Howe persona to unmask Mystery Inc, quote unquote, to make them look bad. But like. You were already doing that as the reporter. You didn't... Why the need for the monsters? Like, I don't... It's uh. so convoluted. Yeah. Yeah. To For for no reason. To seemingly no end. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, I did... Uh, one final thing. I yes. did love the bit where Velma comes in in, like, the spandex suit at the top of the stairs. I was yeah. like, wow! Because I wrote down, Velma was hella hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> and what I thought was funny was they very clearly changed her makeup for the very next scene because her lipstick shade was completely different. And they did it to make her look uncomfortable and trashy. And I'm like, really? but... Mm, but why? Like, yeah. can't you... <laughs> It was odd. It was so weird. It's oh, such a weird of, movie. Speaking of yeah. that scene, so she she's not wearing glasses when she comes down in the no. spandex. And then later, when she loses her glasses like she would in the cartoon, she, you know, is like on the ground on her hands and knees trying to find her glasses. And I'm just sitting there like, Velma, we already know that like you can see, you like how yeah. you must have context or something because... You can see without your glasses in a scene earlier. If if the glasses are such a problem while she's, like, doing her job, why doesn't she just wear her contacts that she clearly has? Right. Well, because that was the line, too. When she loses her glasses, she's like, I really should consider contact she lenses. She has them, though. <laughs> she has them because she she's not wearing them. She's not wearing the glasses earlier in the movie. Or she just takes them off for just that bit. And then she puts them on as soon as she has to walk down the stairs. But it seems unnecessary. I think that must have been what happened. Because I tried to take note of that uh, on this watch through again. And she, she definitely does have the glasses, like, as they're leaving 
mm-hmm. like when they're walking to the mystery machine and they're getting in and everything like so she has them on there so I, she must have just taken them off for like a brief a brief moment <laughs> and put them to, on just to, to walk deliver downstairs. Okay, it's to deliver the line "Who's your mommy?" Which of course oh, was why? the greatest line. My God, I screamed! <laughs> I literally like screamed because I mean the effect was not lost on me. I was like, "Wow, she looks amazing!" And this this the blocking in this scene is really great. And then she ruins it. And it, it was like so disappointing. Uh, I felt the full effect of that of that <laughs> I screamed like why didn't they have one take where she just doesn't say anything while she's just yeah. looking down the stairs Let's- well I'm sure that was the line I would be fascinated to read the screenplay you know oh, like what was yeah. what was kept like what like what what are the in between bits where James Gunn is like Shaggy looks off into the distance very sad and i really <laughs> want to know like what yeah. all of those were but <laughs> yeah I, I, man that's something i got to do i've been trying to find creative ways to like introduce more information or make this more exciting for me and i feel like going through the the screenplay would be a fun way to no, get to the, the bottom experience. of the burger king kfc yes, thing yes i need to see if you can contact anybody from this movie that's my ult- the the end goal of this podcast is to have literally anybody who's who worked on the movie in any capacity to come on and, and talk about their experience. So, and I say that in every episode. So, <laughs> if that's you or if that's someone you know, send them my way, please. It doesn't matter. Who, it doesn't matter what they did. If it was just yeah, I, I held anyone a light who once. worked on this movie, I held a yeah, mic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I would love it. I would love to know what the experience is like. <sighs> I'll I'll send but, yeah. out word through through my network (laughs) please yeah i it's it's exciting i the 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 response this podcast is having is very bizarre to me but i'm glad people are liking it and i'm glad i get to you know hang out with cool people and talk about this weird movie (laughs) yeah yeah it was yeah i'm (sighs) glad i don't have to watch it again for a while i'll brag about it Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i mean well i did have the thought Oh man, it's it's funny because I had so many like very vivid wild reactions like, you know, the screaming. Um yeah. <laughs> and I thought about, oh man, I hate that we're not getting any of this on film because it would make a great PNS watch series. And I'm like, Paige and I aren't gonna watch I'm gonna wanna <laughs> watch this for at least another two years. You know. <laughs> it needs to be fresh. Um, maybe we'll yeah. watch the first one next year <gasps> yeah. or something. I don't the know. First one. Yeah. I haven't seen the first one in so long, but I have fond memories of it. <laughs> it really? is. It's it's interesting because the more that I watched this movie, and I, I went back and watched the first movie, and I, I talked about it with other people, and like these are almost the same movie. The two of them are, but they're like they just have a fresh coat of paint. But like all of the same things, all the same beats, all the same like kind of jokes are still there, uh, and but they're just in slightly different ways so, so it, just, it like works like a television show yeah and like well that's the fun part or i don't know if it was intentional or not but like the the two movies don't relate to each other in any capacity like yeah. you don't need to watch the first one to understand the second one i didn't yeah. get that impression no <laughs> yeah <laughs> you didn't you didn't like turn it on you're like boy i really need context yeah <laughs> no not at all I think the um, only thing that I would have needed context on is just like the monsters themselves, because they the whole team knows everything about the monsters or like yeah. what they remember about it. And I'm like, well, I don't know what your connection to this thing is, but I'm not going to question it because this is a Scooby Doo movie, I guess. <laughs> I'm just going to keep yeah. going. I there remember them from the it. show. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say there's a lot of it from like that's just. Is tribute to the to the cartoon. Uh, uh, yeah, the fans, yeah, I kind of like picked up on that, but I'm not super familiar with the show or anything. Like the no, the you one, haven't seen the original show. I mean, I've seen a couple of episodes here and there. I was never like a hardcore Scooby Doo fan. I'm I'm a much bigger fan of Scooby Doo, Zombie Island, and um, Ghoul School. Those are fun. Those were like my things when I was a kid. I guess. I watched the original series because, like, my parents are old and they like old things. Uh, and, like, I, I I grew up watching the original Scooby-Doo episodes. And my favorite is probably the one with um, 
Ugh, I can't remember his name. They said it like a bunch of times in this one. It's the one with the old timey diving suit. Um, oh, Captain Cutler? Yeah, Captain Cutler. Mm. That was one of my favorite episodes, especially because there's like a mistake in the animation. And I would watch it over and over again and be like, look, I'm so smart. I noticed a mistake in the animation. <laughs> His hair changes color. Um, I love I've that always stuff. been like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not lying. <laughs> hey. hey. I say that with affection. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I love it. And I th- thank you guys so much for, for joining in and talking about this. If, I don't know if you have any final thoughts or any final things you want to talk about, but it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. yeah. I don't think. I think we covered everything. We covered it all. Uh, well, fantastic. Well, so if people want to hear more of your thoughts and what you do on the internet, where can they, where can they find you? Uh, we're both on Twitter. I am Paige the Princess. There's just no vowels in princess on Twitter. And also on Instagram. It's the same handle on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, mine is Sarah the Scrivener. Um, and so that's spelled S C I R V N R. And it's like that because one time we got a comment. Um, where they called me Sarah the Scrivener. So I just changed all my social media handles to that. Um, Had to embrace it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And uh, yeah, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, I don't know. What else do we do? YouTube. YouTube. We do YouTube, (laughs) but we've already mentioned that. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, Thank you guys so much. And also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Scott Nice Wonder. If you are participating in this challenge let me know how your brain is currently because uh, i want I, I i need to know if i'm the only one who's who's slipping into insanity hashtag scooby Two. <laughs> yes um of course this the uh this podcast is available all over the place you can just go to scoobypodcast.com for more info i cannot believe nobody had that url before i took it and uh yeah thanks for all the great reviews and everything too you everyone listening i i love you and thank you for making this worthwhile uh it's been very fun and uh i think to end it would you want to do a rousing scooby dooby doo with me sure sure <laughs> I can feel the reluctance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All here right. we go. Scooby-Doo! 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 <laughs>